Uh, we are going to take a little bit of a turn here now, though, because we have breaking news. The former House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, is leaving Congress, although he says, I am leaving the House, but not the fight. He writes, I'm an optimist. How could I not be? I'm the son of a firefighter. And he goes on to discuss what he calls uh, the accomplishments here. Um, Matt Gorman, um, this has been quite, a, quite, a, um, quite an arc for Kevin McCarthy over the course of the last year um, as he struggled in January to win the speaker's gavel um, and then became uh, the first one in modern times really to have his gavel stripped from him uh, and it handed to Mike Johnson. Um, what do you see in McCarthy's decision here, and how do you uh, see this news? Not a huge surprise. I think it was a matter of time once he got deposed as speaker, and it was clear he wasn't going to come back. But I think with, with you see Patrick McHenry, another old guard of that same kind of generation in the House, now McCarthy, there is this generation of folks that came in, say, in the mid-2000s, where Congress was a very different institution. Washington was a very different place. Pre-Trump, you know, it was still the Bush administration in a lot of ways, leaving. And so with it, I think a lot of institutional memory is going to be gone. Um, and also, you're having people, McCarthy was the most politically astute and politically active member of leadership for years. So you're going to lose a lot of that as well. People certainly can fill that void. They can learn to just like McCarthy did. But he was always the person who every person running in every swing district, what they needed and how they needed to win. Yeah, you know, and he writes he writes about that in this Isop Ed here. He talks about Republican women, veterans, minorities elected to Congress at one time than ever before. He remains cheerfully uh, persistent when elected speaker because cheerfully persistent, he <laughs> says, when elected speaker, because I knew what we could accomplish. That phrase cheerfully persistent is doing a lot of work. Yeah, it is. <laughs> he did always have a smile on his face, um, but he's actually right. He did work to expand the the look of the Republican Party by recruiting uh, women, people of color, veterans especially, to serve. Um, but um, this was not unexpected. Kevin McCarthy has been in the seat of power for quite some time, for more than a decade in House Republican leadership. Uh, he is walking around the halls of Congress aimlessly at this point, um, <laughs> not the center of attention, which he so likes, which is his cheerful persistence. Um, but, uh, you know, there's no path for him anywhere else. He's already got had the top job, albeit it was quite short. Um, he's not going to be returned to power at any point soon, so he's going to probably go make a lot of money right now. Um, so one of the things I want to put up on the screen as we remember this, and, you know, I, I, I'm glad that we've given him a little bit of due in terms of the career that he has had, and Leanne's absolutely right. He worked uh, to recruit women um, and a in, Kind of make a new face of the for the Republican Party, especially in the wake of the 2012 election, when the Republican Party collectively, you know, did an autopsy, looked at why Mitt Romney lost that election to Barack Obama, and concluded that they needed to kind of look at look at the electorate in a different way to expand uh, their appeal. And McCarthy was certainly a part of that. But in the Trump years, uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy had, in the wake of January 6th, gone down uh, to the House floor and laid a portion of the blame. Uh, for what happened at the feet of Donald Trump. Um, but then just weeks later, before the month of January was out, this picture was taken uh, in Mar-a-Lago. Ah, shoot, we've lost, we've lost the picture, but it's Donald Trump and Kevin McCarthy standing next to each other at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, depending on how you view it, it's either Trump resurrecting uh, or McCarthy resurrecting Donald Trump or 
Uh, it's a situation where it was clear that Trump still had the support of the Republican base, and Kevin McCarthy uh, simply went with that instead of what he had previously said were, were strongly held values. Um, Leanne. I, I was, I mean, we were on Capitol Hill those days. Do you remember, yeah. Casey, how the Republicans had left Donald Trump for those two to three weeks after January 6th. People yeah. didn't want to talk about him. People didn't want to have anything to do with him until Kevin McCarthy went down to Mar-a-Lago and that picture revived Donald Trump. Um, Kevin McCarthy, uh, you know, made a very strategic decision for his own career um, at that point. And this has, the rest is history, really. Yeah, I mean, uh, Matt, I mean, I don't, I had conversations with McCarthy in the immediate days after January 6th. And I was, based on those content of those conversations, the existence of the conversations is something I can talk about. The content of the conversations is not something I can talk about. Um, but I remember looking at Twitter the day that that came out, just being completely shocked based on what I had heard how he, about how he and you know, others around him had felt about January 6th prior to that day. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just kind of a couple points. I, I think, candidly, it wasn't so much McCarthy reviving Donald Trump than the Republican primary voter. I mean, I don't, I don't think McCarthy brought Trump to 45% nationally that Trump is right now in a lot of respects. And I think that would have happened with a picture or without a picture, you know? Um, maybe it sped it along a little, maybe at least in the establishment in the halls of Congress. I, I could see the point there. Um, but. You know, one of the things I'm very interested to see is kind of what is that relationship going forward between McCarthy and Trump? Um, McCarthy's a relationship guy. He always has been. What happens in that relationship as Trump could, you know, seems more likely to be the nominee by the day or not? Um, I want to bring Brett uh, Bruin into this conversation. Brett, I'm so sorry that <laughs> our previous Israel uh, panel that you were here primarily to talk about has been derailed. But you're, you're a, a, a career diplomat as well, or you have a deep diplomatic experience. Um, and just kind of big picture here, um, you know, Kevin McCarthy does represent, um, he is part of, in some ways, as much as he tried to make himself of Trump and of the Trumpian Republican Party, they, they never really trusted him because they kind of knew he was actually of the older guard, um, the outgoing guard. Um, what does that, that sort of, we saw, we've seen many of them leave Congress already, but more of them are leaving now. What does that say about how America is going to be viewed by the rest of the world, how we can operate on the world stage, especially as new policies are coming into vogue in the party as well, um, you know, beyond the personalities? Well, if I could, using McCarthy's own words, he was the cheerful emergency break on the Republican <laughs> caucus. And for foreign leaders, that was still important. And even if he had been unceremoniously ushered out of power, his presence and what he represented, I think, was still important for a lot of foreign leaders as they look at a potential Trump 2.0 presidency. Where is the Republican Party going? The fact that he has been uh, now essentially um, shown the exit. I think speaks to what a lot of these allies, as well as our adversaries, are going to be preparing for. As was mentioned earlier in the program, Trump is talking about quasi-authoritarianism. We're seeing a Republican Party that is shifting more and more towards its base and away from what Kevin McCarthy and a lot of those establishment Republicans represented. There's going to be a lot of plan B planning in foreign capitals in the coming weeks. Yeah, for sure. All right. Brett Bruin, Leanne Caldwell, Matt Gorman, Christy Setzer, thank you guys very much uh, for a wonderful conversation today.